Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620-CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, CN Rail highlights record-breaking grain movement for the past 12 consecutive months. And Executive Vice President Sean Finn reminds everyone to be careful around train tracks during Farm Safety Week. We take a look at ongoing strong grain demand from China with information from analyst Errol Anderson. Real Agriculture looks at silage seed. Cargill buys Precision Ag in southeast Saskatchewan. Ducks Unlimited discusses its efforts to provide financial support for farmers who preserve wetlands. And an online webinar from Saskatchewan Agriculture will highlight forage intercropping on Monday. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. CN Rail says grain shipments so far this crop year are 19.7 million metric tons. 17% higher than the record set two years ago. Executive Vice President Sean Finn says CN Rail has set a monthly grain movement record for 12 consecutive months. Last month, he says CN shipped over 2.28 million tons, breaking the previous February record set two years ago by over 7%. Obviously, very happy that uh, we got to move another record month in February. So, you know, since uh, uh, over a year now, we've had uh, month-over-month records of grain movement, uh, in part because of our large capital investments. We had the crews we needed, we had the people we needed, uh, we had locomotives and track capacity. But also, you know, as we got into some, some dicey weather in February, it just shows by that investment you build resilience, and therefore when you have a break in the weather, you can recover quicker. So <clears throat> any given month, we were able to get to, uh, to record movements, and, you know, it's not perfect. There's still pockets of areas where we have some work to do. But, you know, team sport, so you get the grain farmers, you get the grain companies, us, uh, obviously uh, the ports and the ships all lined up and ready to go, and you can move a lot of grain in Canada if you have uh, the, whole, the whole team pulling the same direction. How many months in a row is that for a record at CN? I know you've this been is- on, a, on a roll. Yeah, so January of last year all the way today, so that's over over 13 months in a row of a record, record grain movements. Can you keep that pace up? 
Well, obviously, it depends on the grain that's available, but I think that uh, to the extent that uh, we have another strong month of March, uh, April, hopefully we'll be ready. So I think to answer your question, that the railway is equipped to do so. Uh, it'll very much depend on the grain going to market. And uh, as seeding starts, as you know, we'll have a bit of a lull there. But uh, we're, we're going to be ready to move it all the way to the end of this uh, grain crop season and looking forward to a new season next year. And I think, again, with our investments, we ordered new new grain cars again. So we're trying to upgrade the fleet. And as you know, with those high Q cars, we can get more grain in one car and move it to market. You have projections what you hope to move this crop year? Uh, not yet. We're still, you know, obviously it'll depend a lot on the crop itself, but I mean, uh, you know, uh, and how it wants to move. But I think, you know, if it keeps on going, we should be in, you know, a good, good record, uh, record record area if we can leading up to the end of the crop year at the end of July. You said some of the factors that were added equipment and that kind of thing. Did COVID-19 have much of an impact? I must say, uh, we, all, we have a lot of gratitude and thank you to our train crews. I mean, they showed up for work every day. You know, and they had, you know, they, they didn't have challenges when it came to their working environment because, uh, you know, we made sure they all wore masks and uh, we were very safe about it. But, you know, they had challenges at home. And notwithstanding that, uh, you know, our crews came to work every day. If they were, weren't feeling well, they stayed at home. But we had enough people on the property to move it. So I must say, uh, COVID did not have a direct impact other than the fact that uh, we had to change a bit how we operate. Uh, you know, people going right to trains and not booking into an office. But besides that, uh, our employees, you know, we owe them a lot of gratitude at CN for all the great work they did to move this grain crop in the way they did over the last uh, four, 13, 14 months. January was pretty mild, but February turned very bitterly cold for a good week, 10 days, I think. What impact did that have on CN Rail? Did it cut back some of your movement? Yeah, and there's no doubt that, as you know, when we get into uh, to uh, more difficult operating conditions uh, in line with our with our winter plan, we have to often cut back the length of trains to make sure we can still pump the air with the, all the way back to the train or put uh, air repeaters in the middle. So I think our technology is evolving. Uh, we're getting smarter as we use it also, but making sure that we can try and keep the same train length when we can, but we'll never do so in an unsafe environment. At minus 50, you're going to cut the train in half for sure. Uh, and probably minus 50, you're not going to send a crew out overnight. So there were some some challenges for a couple of weeks, but again, once that weather breaks, because we've built up this resilience, you can catch up quicker. And that was probably the, in the past our challenges where we had a bad, you know, two or three weeks, and you know we were just we were a bit caught, a bit flat-footed. I think now we're showing that by being better prepared with the winter plan and the grain plan, uh, as we see this coming and as we react quickly, we're able to recover and you know make up uh, the lost time when we have a couple of bad days, uh, you know, at minus minus thirty, minus forty, minus fifty, as it was this past winter. Now, Sean, uh, this. This is Ag Safety Week. What's your message to farmers about watching out for trains? Yeah, as you know, um, uh, this is Ag Safety Week, uh, organized by the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. The theme this year is Safe and Strong Farms, which we support fully at CN. Obviously, we're a big we're a sponsor of CASA. But, you know, why do we think it's important to talk about ag safety this week? Well, because ag safety and rail safety have a lot in common. When you think about it, uh, Jim, for a second, you know, both involve large equipment, big equipment, so the, the rail industry as well as farming. Secondly, you know, both industries sometimes are experienced our worst enemy. We become complacent around the equipment, and that's not a good idea. And finally, I think it's important we talk about safety. We try and do so at the railway. Safety is a core value, but it's important in our in our farms that we talk about safety. And, you know, especially a lot of the farms in Western Canada have railway tracks that go through the farms. And, and to remind uh, our family members that when you get to the cr- crossing, you stop 
you look and you listen. So I think it's an opportunity to raise awareness on how uh, ag safety and rail safety is similar and that we have a common interest to make sure that, you know, all of our family members and our employees who are working in these industries, you know, uh, do so in a safe fashion and after a day's work come home without being injured uh, in any way. So I think it's important for us that uh, we realize and ag safety, like rail safety, is not once a week, a year. It's every year. It's throughout the year. It's important. We raise it and we talk about it. And I think Stan's a big believer in making sure that uh, we both have safe and very strong farms in Canada, and we're very proud to be involved in, uh, in, in Ag Safety Week this year again, Jim. Sean Finn is the Executive Vice President of CN Rail. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. The vegetable oil market, which includes canola, is showing a lot of volatility again this week. Errol Anderson with Pro Market Communications in Calgary says demand remains strong, particularly from markets like India. He outlined a spring look at what lies ahead for commodity prices, particularly demand from China. You know, China has been, you know, reasonably quiet. Um, uh, the uh, export wire, particularly out of the U.S. for corn and soybeans, has slowed down dramatically. We this, certainly they're focusing on Brazil now. Brazil's going to have a record uh, soybean crop of, of around 135 million uh, metric tons. Uh, Argentina is struggling. Uh, their crop production is going to be down due to tr- drought conditions. But when you put it all, the ball of wax together in South America, overall, they've got a pretty big crop coming. So China is going to switch over to those products. Um, you know, it'll likely happen um, before we get into the mid-spring market, uh, and the exports will likely uh, slow down dramatically at that point. Also, we're expecting that the crush will start to calm down as well. Anderson says China remains a buyer of Canadian barley. Absolutely. And uh, China is aggressively going after Canadian barley. Actually, the reported sales for new crop are up over a year ago. So they're booking boats that are uh, going to be going over in the fall and, and winter into 2022. Uh, again, that's uh, that really uh, suggests that the barley prices are going to stay uh, well supported um, because we do need uh, the crop. The shelves are basically bare. Um, you can't find barley out there. Um, so this is going to be a very profitable crop, and I, I believe, uh, unfortunately, it's going to continue to strain the livestock industry. Um, you know, the cattle market still can't fight their way into profitability, and that's largely due to the high feed costs. That's Errol Anderson with ProMarket Communications in Calgary. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. We're talking to Alana Surhan from Pride Seeds. She's their market development agronomist. Alana, how are you? Doing well. What's the difference between a grain or dual purpose variety and a true silage specific variety? Yeah, absolutely. And we get this question a lot, um, obviously, from our silage producers. You know, what kind of product should they be growing uh, for feed? And so often, you know, at Pride Seeds, we're going to steer you towards a silage-specific product and in some instances, the dual purpose. But it's just important to know, you know, the difference of those hybrids uh, or, or those products in general. So when we think about a grain product or a dual-purpose product, 
those products are really bred, um, you know, for a different purpose. They are, first and foremost, they likely are a grain corn product, right? Something that we want to be appealing to a grain corn farmer, which is obviously more grain on the ear. Um, often it's a, a difference in a stock, you know, more of a slender stock, something that's easier for trash management, something that maybe has a bit more of an upright leaf, uh, something that can be planted at a higher population, so that's why the, the upright leaf is necessary. Um, so those are our basic things. The the number one most important thing, though, with a true grain product or a dual-purpose product is the kernel type. Um, and that kernel type is a dint type of kernel, again, that's meant to dry down and make grain. Now, when we think about silage um, and how that reflects, you know, a dint kernel isn't always the greatest thing. And that's why, um, you know, at Pride Seeds, uh, we have what we call silage-specific products. Uh, and those silage-specific products have what we call like a flint kernel. Um, that kernel holds moisture longer and doesn't dry down. Although that ear is meant to make grain, that grain necessarily isn't meant to quote-unquote finish, you know, get down to that optimal, you know, 15% moisture, uh, etc. So a silage-specific has a flint kernel. Um, it also has obviously a bigger plant is, is you can often spot silages, uh, silage specific hybrids, you know, from the, from the highway. So bigger plant, often, you know, a different stock structure as well as, uh, usually a lot bigger of, of leaf. So Lana, what are the three main advantages for a cattle producer that wants to grow a, a straight silage variety? So the three biggest advantages are really harvest flexibility. Uh, so with that flint kernel, we have the ability to hold 65% whole plant moisture for a lot longer. Um, so that would be the first thing. The second thing would be, um, you know, just the way that plant would handle stresses. Um, often these plants have larger factories in them. The stalks are often, um, you know, made a little bit thicker. They're able to pass nutrients and water through a bit more efficiently and effectively. Um, and lastly, really, it just gives you the most dry matter tons per acre uh, of almost any other crop out there. So really, you're getting tonnage, um, which is the number one thing, especially in today's market. So, Alana, how can growing a silage variety help a producer's bottom line? Ultimately, you know, uh, now it is important to be able to put the best quality and quantity of feed in your bunk. And by growing a silage-specific product, uh, ultimately you're going to have to grow fewer acres because you're getting more tons an acre. But also, you know, the quality of that product is going to be a lot more digestible, a lot more useful uh, for your cattle herd. And they can just utilize everything, you know, a lot easier. It's more palatable. There's a lot of things that the cattle prefer about a silage-specific hybrid. Um, And so really that means that product being more likable by your cattle, um, having more energy for them, and then that means you're not going to need as much feed at the end of the day. So, Elena, if I'm going to plant a silage variety on my farm, should I just choose one, or should I put multiple varieties in the field? We often get guys who like one hybrid, one hybrid that's done really well, and they want to put all their acres to that one hybrid. Um, And that's just not great practice as far as risk management. Um, and the reality is you will not be able to, to harvest and chop, you know, 3,000 acres um, at one point in time, even if you do have multiple choppers. So what we recommend is growing at least two or three hybrids on farm. 
This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in. No appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, sunny sky, wind south 30, gusting to 50, the high 8 degrees. Low plus 1. Friday, sunny, wind south 30, gusting to 50, the high 15, the low plus 2. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 10, the low minus 4. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high plus 4, the low minus 6. Monday, partly cloudy, the high plus 7, the low minus 4. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 5, the low minus 7. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 6 degrees. Normal high is plus 1 for this date, the normal low minus 10. The sun rose at 7.05 this morning. It sets at 7.07 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek at plus 13. Prince Albert, the cold spot at plus 2. In Estevan, it's 7 degrees. Saskatoon, 6. Swift Current, 10. Weyburn, and Yorkton, both 6 degrees. In Regina, it's sunny and 10 degrees. That's 50 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 33, gusting to 42. Humidity is 34%. The barometer dropping 102.3. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 11 degrees. Winds are from the south at 31, gusting to 41. Once again, Regina, sunny and 10. That's 50 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Cargill has purchased Southeast Saskatchewan crop input retailer Precision Ag for an undisclosed amount. Cargill says the business will continue as Precision Ag, based in Griffin with no changes for the 23 employees at Griffin, Odessa, Carlisle and Carnduff. Cargill says the purchase follows a 22-year 50-50 joint venture. Precision Ag's leadership team will remain for the next three years to ensure a seamless transition of the business. Precision Ag's general manager, Jay Jerry, says customers will continue to receive world-class professional services and resources. Precision Ag was founded in 1994 and supplies crop nutrition, crop protection and seed to farms representing 600,000 acres. Cargill has 155,000 employees across 70 countries. Nearly 1,000 farmers on the prairies retained and restored more than 54,000 acres of grasslands and wetlands last year with financial support from Ducks Unlimited. Benefits include creating healthier soil, storing carbon, increasing water retention, and mitigating the effects of drought and flooding, not to mention offering habitat for wildlife, pollinators, and species at risk. 
Paul Thorogood is the Ducks Unlimited Agriculture Lead. We run a fairly large forage conversion program for farmers that are looking to uh, establish hay or pasture on their farm. And our other relatively new program aimed more at, at grain farmers is uh, called our Marginal Areas Program. And we offer a financial incentive to farmers to convert those areas on their farm where they maybe don't make a, a good return on investment farming those small you know, five, ten acre spots that are either saline or prone to flooding and that sort of thing. And we also, in that program, have added a, a pollinator enhancement mix to the seed. Everyone's interested in pollinators today, and, you know, there's lots of good reasons for that. So this program, hopefully, uh, helps our, our pollinator friends out there a little bit. Thurgood says it's important to try and maintain current native grassland and wetland habitat. You know, with all the advances we have in both biological and agricultural understanding, putting back native grassland is almost impossible. It's a very precious ecosystem. You know, it's very valuable for ranchers, but it's also very valuable from a a biodiversity perspective. And there's a lot of, um, especially um, grassland birds, that only nest in native prairie. And we've seen their numbers declining. So protecting that existing native prairies is absolutely critical for species like that or, you know, obligate to native grasslands. Ducks Unlimited recently launched a new farmer-focused website at ag.ducks.ca. We work with hundreds of farmers every year, and when they went to our our Ducks website, because um, electronic media has become so important, but when you go to the Ducks website, it's aimed at fundraising. And as a not-for-profit, we put a lot of effort into that, but it wasn't a great vehicle to communicate with farmers. So we built ag.ducks.ca specifically to communicate our conservation programs to farmers and ranchers. The new website provides information about conservation programs that offer financial incentives. Thorogood says they're producer success stories. There are some that maybe are concerned about a conservation organization uh, or maybe just haven't had any exposure to a conservation organization on their farm. You know, letting other farmers tell their story about their good experience of working with us and how we've been able to provide value to their farm, but also to to help them achieve some of their environmental goals, I think is is a really important step. And also on our website, we've also tried to highlight some of those really good news stories that the agriculture industry has to tell about the environmental stewardship that they have. The new website is ag.ducks.ca. Last year, 240 Saskatchewan producers seeded 25,000 acres of grass with financial support from Ducks Unlimited. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. An online webinar for Saskatchewan farmers on forage intercropping will be held on Monday. The crops extension specialist in Weyburn, Sherry Roberts, says there's no cost for farmers to tune in to the internet webinar. We've scheduled an online webinar about forage intercropping, and the title of it is, of course, Forage Intercropping, Is It a Fit for Your Farm? And it's a morning event starting at 9 o'clock on March 22nd, of course, and we're going to bring in quite a few different speakers that are going to talk about the potential of using intercropping with your forages and with your livestock operations. So a little bit different than in my normal grain meetings, but we're all going to have 
have one speaker that will talk about mixed row and alternate row chickpea, flax, and, and pea mustard combinations, if that's an option that you're thinking about. But as farmers are trying to finalize their plans, I think intercropping is starting to fit. And the one big thing about it that I think a lot of them need to be looking at is if we get into these carbon credits that they're talking about out in Ottawa, intercropping does give you a, a way in which you can capture some carbon. And for some of these farmers that have been, you know, no-till for so many years, you know, they may not be able to get that carbon credit because of a practice they've been doing for a long time. But intercropping is something that uh, is relatively new in this province, and I think it holds a lot of promise. And this uh, meeting is going to be uh, on, focused on, all on it in the morning. So that's on March 22nd. And uh, how does someone register? You can either go to our SASC ministry event calendar by doing a search or you can also go on to Eventbrite and you can just type in intercropping in their little search box and a poster will come up and there'll be a link that you click on and it's going to be a morning if you want to hear Dr. Bart Lardner talk and anybody who's ever heard Bart knows that he always gives a good talk Lana Shaw is going to talk about a corn and soybean intercrop adopt project that we did another young graduate student of the U of S is going to talk like I said about uh, chickpea flax and pea mustard combinations so if you're interested in, in learning more about intercropping Come join us on Monday morning. So forage intercropping, this is for just livestock producers? Basically it is. We have one speaker that is going to talk about mixed row, alternate row, chickpea flax and pea mustard combinations because she's been doing a bunch of work for nutrient availability that happens when you put these two combinations together. And Judy Elias is going to give us a question and answer period for anybody that has some uh, questions in regards to the Canadian Grain Commission. So if you have some thoughts or questions and, and want to talk to Judy, she's going to be online. And then, of course, crop insurance will be available and they're going to talk about intercropping options for people and crop insurance, and we're also going to have Ken Evans from our ministry going to talk about CAP programs for, for farmers working with forage projects and things. So it's not just about intercropping, but that's the big main emphasis. And this is all free? You bet. Absolutely online. And it's going to be a webinar, and you will be able to ask uh, questions of the speakers, so it will be interactive. And anybody that's interested, give her a sign-up. Sherry Roberts is the Crop Extension Specialist in Weyburn. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were showing downward movement in early trading. Feed barley fell ten dollars at two sixty one fifteen. Canola dropped seven ten at seven sixteen seventy seven. One red spring wheat declined a dollar ninety seven at two seventy one sixty four. The rest unchanged. Durham three twelve thirty two. Flax eight ninety one eighty. Lentils six forty four fifty. Oats two twenty nine fifty three. Yellow peas three ninety two eighty nine. Feed wheat two thirty eight eighty four. Minneapolis spring wheat May futures are down six and a quarter cents at six twenty seven a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Hello, Cattleman. Junior for Heartland Livestock of York with your market report for the week of March 17th. A real nice run on offer here this week with 20, 2085 in the pre-sort and 393 cows and bulls for a total of 2478. On the feeder cattle this week, you saw our market trending steady on the light cattle and the big cattle being under a little pressure. Here are a few highlights of this week's sale. Buckskin steers. 
485 pounds at 252 and a quarter. 640 weight steers, 219 and 75. 565 weight block steers, 232.75. Block steers at 704, buck 98. Red X steers, 569 pounds at 233. And the Red X Big Brothers, 722 at 2 bucks. The, on the heifer trade, we're still seeing a spread of 25 to 30 cents less than the steers. On the cow and bull trade this week, we saw 302 cows, average 83 cents. D1 cows, 85 to 92 with a high of 97. D2, 78 to 84. D3, 70 to 75. And our light shelly cows, 60 to 70. On the bull trade, we saw 43 bulls, average 83 with a high of $1.15. And looking at the pork prices, one ninety nine. 47 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. The most recent data from Stats Canada shows an unexpected burst of entrepreneurship amid the economic havoc caused by the pandemic. The federal agency says the number of new business openings in November exceeded the number of business closures for the fifth month in a row. One analyst says that could include startups taking advantage of the so-called COVID-19 economy, such as cleaning services, homemade masks, online fitness and delivery services. Attorneys general from 21 U.S. states are going to court to try to overturn U.S. President Joe Biden's cancellation of the Keystone XL oil pipeline from Alberta. The lawsuit filed yesterday in Texas says Biden overstepped his authority when he revoked the permit for Keystone on his first day in office in January. The suit claims because the 1,900-kilometer pipeline would run through multiple states, Congress should have the final say over whether it's built. Construction on the Alberta to Nebraska line began last year when ex-President Donald Trump revived the project that stalled under the Obama administration. Biden cancelled its permit over long-standing concerns that burning oil sands crude oil would make climate change worse. Canada's main stock index was down in late morning trading amid losses in the energy and technology sectors, while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was down 13 points at 18,969. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 140 points at 33,155. The Canadian dollar traded at 80.40 cents U.S. compared with 80.22 cents Wednesday. The May crude oil contract was down $2.58 at $62.05 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.